Hi, you're listening to Dig It Magazine Audio. Where there's an article, there's a podcast. This episode is in conjunction with a digital literacy paper on the elongation of the word hey in online texting. Hey, how does that make you feel? I feel like I would kind of question your motives because right. had it been earlier in the day, I would be like, oh, he's just being friendly. But then the later it gets, the more I'm like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, buddy. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like, why though? So, hold on. So is, would you say that, like domain matters so where this hay is coming from is it like if i send you it on let's see messenger um is it different if i would send you on instagram if you have instagram i don't know i think the more it's a platform that we don't really talk on the more i'd be like why is he messaging me on this platform so i think it definitely would matter because if it's just randomly a messenger i'm used to getting messages there so i'm like But then, but if it's a message yeah. on Instagram, it's like scandalous. Maybe, but that, that's also it depends on how much you've spoken to someone. Because if it's someone that you already have a sort of established bond with, then mm-hmm. you kind of already know what your intentions are with that person. But if you don't know someone very well and they're like, "Hey," at a certain time, I would get mm-hmm. suspicious. Right. So essentially, context is key. Yes, absolutely. Hi, I'm Daniel Lobubo. This podcast is directly linked to a Digit article by Federica Morgandi, Iduna Pastor, and myself, aptly named, Does Length Matter? Whoa, relax. Wait a minute. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about digital literacy. Does length matter there? Well, guess what? Turns out it does. Now, I'm going to have to transport you here to a little scene, okay? It's a, uh, it's Friday night, and you get a text from uh, the sex that you are attracted to. And uh, it says, hey, with three Y's. What does that mean to you? This seemingly innocuous text actually has so much meaning. And we're going to explain just how. Now, my role in this paper was breaking down the pragmatics and semantics of the word hey. So essentially, it's meaning and how it's used. Now, when going into this, uh, we had to at least break down or at least establish the importance of phonemes. So phonemes are distinct. Uh, so how we kind of make understand distinct sounds And it helps us distinguish uh, a sounds and meaning. So say, when you hear the word apple, you know it's, we're not talking about a banana here. So essentially, how are they created? Now, when you look at the word apple, it's actually kind of mashed together with many little uh, phonetic alphabets. So like, for instance, when you're searching for a word on Google, you'll see 
the word and how it's spelt, but it's uh, spelt in a rather different-looking alphabet. That's the IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet, not the beer. And so essentially, Apple is then kind of a mashup of these symbols that represent a particular phonetic sound. Now, there's an app uh, on both Android and Apple. Simply just search phonetics. It should probably be there. And you can spell out a word with its IPA, with its alphabet. So say Apple, you would start with an A sound, so... And then you'd have a P sound, app. And then a uh, app. And then finally your L sound. So we go with a apple. So essentially this IPA, these, these alphabets, these phonetic alphabets, give us this meaning with just these symbols. And, and then we understand... Uh, these phonemes, and then we understand it as as what it is, what we see, that's an apple that is not a banana because of these phonetic uh, alphabets that we have then understood through hearing. So then we can essentially continue with a little backstory from an, from an evolutionary point of view. So there's a study on, on these uh, vervet monkeys, and it exemplifies how they use uh, phonemes to communicate for different predators that may be around. So a distinct sound for a big cat, say a jaguar, and a distinct sound for a hawk, and a distinct sound for a snake. And they've learned through a repetition of what these particular sounds mean as they grow up in their communities and essentially can communicate uh, to one another effectively that there is a particular threat in the area down to what type of threat it is. And essentially, we do that on a much uh, bigger scale. Now, to understand how this works on a more biological level, we need to understand uh, linguistic processing. Now, linguistic processing is how we unravel this linguistic data. And it's briefly explained like this. So we hear a word, a sound, in a language we know, so in English, and it goes into our ears and then it travels into our brain, into our temporal lobe where short-term memory is stored. Then after that, it travels to the parietal lobe where organization occurs. Now in this area of the brain is where meaning is given and assigned to a sound that is already stored in our memory to mean something. So when we hear Apple, it goes in there into uh, short-term memory and then into this area of, of, of organization and then a meaning is given to that particular sound. Now, with this already established, we can then move on to the semantics, which is the understanding and interpretation of a given word, given the context. Now, hey really requires us to look at this uh, hey chart that's in the paper. Because hey has many different forms. Uh, because you can have the classic H-E-Y, which means hello, and 
what we're discussing is the fact that as more Ys are added, it's an elongated Y spree over there. It means that more like different meanings are then insinuated. So in the hey chart, we have hey, and then an extra Y is a friendly hey, and another one is I think I like you, and then the one after that is take the hint. Then the other one after that is essentially hey, let's fuck. Pardon my French. And after that, it's I'm drunk. So we can essentially say that with the added Ys, there is an increase in sexual interest until a point where it's you're leading towards the inebriation, which means that this person is kind of out of whack. They were drunk. And so when we look at, hey, what we also then notice is that when it's when it's been read out, it's a hey or hey sound. And an argument that we make is the fact that that to kind of link it to the, the increase in sexual and in, in sexual interest is that um, essentially it's, it's sort of like a like a mating call. And so there's this paper about um, about a sexual interest and uh, tonal pitch. And when looking at this, we notice that, for instance, men were more attracted to women who had higher pitch voices because it insinuated uh, good health, youth. And these are two major factors when it comes to uh, finding a good mate for procreation. And so I, I, I was under the impression that perhaps this is a similar thing. And uh, when we read these messages, we can then internalize them and our brain, also what's hardwired in there uh, uh, over time, is then putting two and two together and saying, hey, uh, <laughs> this could potentially mean something. And we hear this high-pitched sound in our head and essentially we kind of, give meaning to that extra why is huh okay this is perhaps someone that's interested in sexual in- sexually interested in me in, in mating and you know it, it's all about context really because like i said earlier i put you in a scenario where it was at a given time you know 10 p.m and uh it sets you in this mood of oh okay because it's hey at this uh, at this time, it means something else than getting hay at, say, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Because we kind of link two and two, and the evening is when people are more seeking out for sexual contact. And so essentially, this is us breaking down uh, the pragmatics and semantics behind hay. Essentially, we understand that the semantics behind it is the fact that there are distinct things that help us understand uh and interpret the word hey, which goes down to phonemes and how our brain recognizes these sounds and makes sense of them. And then the pragmatics being more the fact that it is then used uh, in giving context, say, via, uh, via text to send a message with the use of extra whys to essentially say, hey, I'm interested in you. Um, after this, I'll try and um, reach out to my co-writers and see what they thought about the parts they wrote. Thanks for listening. Hi, so I'm here with my two colleagues, Federico Morgandi and Iduna Pastor. We both 
uh, together we wrote this paper. And so I'm just going to, you know, throw the ball here and say and ask uh, Iduna firstly, because you had the, the kind of early on part where you were laying down the groundwork, a lot of theoretical bits, I know. But I just, I'm just going to give you the floor to kind of just introduce us to your part uh, and what you did and, and just how it went, really. Just how it went. Yes. So our paper is about online dating literacy, and I mainly looked at the online part and how digital media uh, strongly affects the way we display ourselves online or the way we communicate online. For example, I looked into multimodality, which means that we channel or communicate a certain message through all kinds of different ways or different modes of communicative actions. Uh, an example can be an Instagram post, how also the image itself gives off a lot of different messages. You can really communicate with the picture um, as much as you can with words, for example. And then I also talked about how media really function like structures, how they both enable us to do a lot of new things, but also uh, restrict us and they limit our sociality in other ways. I, uh, I used a couple of terms for this, uh, for example, Instagram standing which means designing and shaping your feet specifically for the person you have a crush on. And I just thought this was really interesting because it shows how the way we communicate and the way we understand sociality is really shaped by social media. Like shaping your feet specifically for someone is, is something that we wouldn't do um, without social media or at least not in that way. Um, so yeah, that's what I talked about and um, and just in general how online dating communication fits into this right yeah i think it fits in quite perfectly because like um we've all kind of i think after doing this this paper we've possibly become a little hyper aware of the word hey i don't know if you have yeah, i because i have definitely yeah. been in that situation where like i'm about to send a text and it's meant to be like platonic and i type like hey out of excitement and then I think of this paper and I think of multimodality and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do this. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to pass it over to Federica. Uh, your part had a lot of the examples, some yours, some others. Um, can you just kind of go into that briefly? Oh, yeah. So uh, in my part, I talked about how uh, the interpretation of the word hey uh, depending also on the number of whys and other uh, contexts, how its interpretation is very subjective in a way. Um, and so the interpretation depends on issues like gender, if people who are texting each other are potentially sexually attracted to each other, the time of the day also, if it's night or day, and right. also like the place, the platforms you're talking on. So it can be uh, like WhatsApp, text messaging or dating sites, you know, that really changes how you can possibly um, react to the message you get. Um, right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, the elongations of the words in general mm -hmm. um, comes down to adding intonation to what you want to express. Um, right. And we have researched that it can be either a friendly way of saying things, um, especially when you 
maybe you need something, you need a favor from somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. And we have also seen that in messages. Um, so there was one case when I was texting with a friend of mine. We are both mm-hmm. females. So there was no um, possibility of misinterpretation misinterpretation of the message being flirtatious. And we, like, I needed a favor from her. So I used an elongation. And she also replied with, um, hey, with two Ys to... Mm-hmm. basically be more friendly and yeah yeah and we have seen that um well there there is this linguist ben zimmer who mm-hmm. writes in an article for uh the atlantic yeah that yeah. allegations especially flourish in venues most in need for nuance and we can say that like platforms where texts are short and um, also social media platforms when you just want to add a quick message to somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are those context, contexts in which you want um, to quickly add like friendliness, for example. And elongations, we have seen that it is a easy way to do that now. And um, it's been particularly introduced by um, they say young women uh, who started building this linguistic trend. Um, <laughs> there's an article in the Huffing- Huffington Post <laughs> that talks about it. And yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, when doing research for this, I always thought that like, at least I had the feeling that this, at least with Hay, it was coming from the perspective of from a woman to a man. Yeah. Because, like, I think it just kind of has to do with... Because with the examples that, that that we see in public and with the memes and stuff, like... Yeah. Kind of going back to like, back to Alex Tromboli's video. <laughs> <laughs> from American Vandal, you know, yes. American with the From American Vandal, you know, <laughs> one for why, one for why not. And <laughs> I started thinking, like, yeah, I, it feels like it's <laughs> it's definitely also in a heteronormative kind of setting, you know, because yeah. I think those are where the, our examples come from. Yeah. But I wanted to ask, this is a pretty an interesting question about multimodality. What do you think is the, like, do you personally or, or just generally think of different platforms as being more romantic and less romantic and we're going to eliminate the obvious dating apps because that's definitely a realm of like romance yeah but is getting a text on is getting a hey on instagram different from getting a hey on whatsapp or different from getting a hey and messenger or if like you're a really weird person getting a hey via email (laughs) i think (laughs) yeah i think in a way i see whatsapp as a platform that's more personal um Uh while instagram i can kind of ignore it if you know what i mean um like maybe i can take it less seriously if it's on instagram compared to a message on whatsapp but that's because of the way yeah so i i really think where you get the text maybe changes a bit how you react to it Uh yeah 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 
No, I agree with that. I also think the context, again, is really important. And uh, what it made me think about was, for example, getting a message on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Like, I would never see it in a flirtatious <laughs> yeah, way yeah, yeah. if yeah, this stranger know. contacted me on LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> would be a nice surprise, you know. But yeah, I think context definitely matters. Right, right. That's true. Because um, I think for me, I think um, platforms really depend per person. So yeah. So, for some people instagram is kind of like it's not really you're not really there for the chats mm -hmm. and also a meme that i've seen a lot on instagram is you don't have to respond you can just like someone's message and just be done with yeah. it yeah yeah so yeah. like, <laughs> so like <laughs> it's just kind of like i acknowledge this this exists and move on yeah, yeah. so I, I and i think with me it depends on what you use like these things for because like whatsapp for me is such a almost like a serious thing because like i rarely use it that's like where i talk to like my family or and stuff so right i've never really had conversations with my friends on whatsapp i've had it on mm -hmm. messenger and instagram and discord <laughs> but like whatsapp is like oh yeah i can talk to friends here <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, and here we are in Google Hangout Hangout. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah. it's well, hey, yeah. If, I guess it's really different any... for like where you're used to what you're yeah. used to use the platform for. Like I talk with all of my friends via WhatsApp, especially my friends in Italy, like we all have WhatsApp and right. Instagram I never I very rarely use it. And so Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for coming and thanks for taking your time to do this uh, i really appreciate it and i hope you listeners enjoy our paper and enjoy this little snippet that we've made for you and well from me and federica and iduna we would like to thank you for reading our paper and we hope you enjoy it bye yeah. thank, thank you, you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Dicket Magazine audio episode. We hope to create an initiative where articles can be accompanied by their audio counterparts, further enabling those that like to learn by reading and listening. I'd like to thank Federica Morgandi, Uduna Pastor, and Rebecca DeYoung for their help in the making of this episode. We hope to release more episodes like this in the time to come. Our music is by the wonderful Paula Inu, or Fingerspit the composer to the original soundtrack of the Red Strings Club, a video game. Her discography will be made visible. Thanks so much for letting us use your music. You've been listening to a Digit Magazine audio podcast. I've been Daniel Bubo, and thanks for listening.